This is CliffCentral.com. Property, 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 nigga, I'm trying to invest. Money in by the neighborhood, that's how you rinse it. I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. It's time to buy back the block. Buy back the block. It's time to buy back the block. It's time to buy buy back the the hood. hood. Yes, it is time to buy back the hood, everybody. I am back, large and in charge. Um, This is the one and only living it up with Lerato Shavalala. I know I have been missing for a couple of weeks, but I am back. Um, And I just want to say, did you guys miss me? I hope you missed me. Gosh, so many exciting things happening at Cliff Central right now. So many people that I used to work with in my other job who are here. Aria Kelman has just joined us again. O'Neill is back on a Friday. Uh, me and Teddy are going to do big things in 2018. I've got Balissa handling, uh, things on the deck for me. L- look, listen, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's major things here at Cliff Central. Remember, you can download Living It Up with me, Lerato Shabalala, um, on cliffcentral.com. We are sponsored by Rally, uh, Property. You can go to rally-mampewulaproperties.co.za for more info. Um, and uh, if you're wondering, wait, why is it a Thursday and she's on the air? It's because we have moved people from Wednesday at 10 to Thursday at 12. What's nice is that it's drinking hour. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, what's nice is that it doesn't matter whether you're here or not, whether you're able to listen live or not, you can download us on uh, clipcentral.com. Remember to go to our Facebook page, leaving it up with Lerato Shavala, get more links to interviews, etc. I'm excited about today's show because finally, uh, uh, this lady is in the studio after literally three weeks of doing this. First, I was sick, then there was a pre- Mr. Gozan Kumal, how are you? Good afternoon, Lerato, <laughs> and good afternoon to the listeners as well. Thank you so much for coming through. That uh, uh, silky voice that you're hearing is the customer uh, relations department, excuse me, the customer relations manager uh, for the EAAB. I always have to, how do you say it, Dugazan? It's E-A-A-B in short. Oh, E-A-A-B. Yes, correct. I think it's easier I, than saying double A, right? Yeah. Because it's a tongue twister. It is a tongue twister. Um, and that stands for the Estate Agency Affairs Board of South Africa. And you are the regular, regu- regulators of estate, uh, agents in the country. I think you established in 1976. So I wanted to basically chat to you about, um, something that I read when I was reading about, uh, the EAAB is the fact that you, as the person who's buying the property, um, and, and we'll go into renters as well, because estate agents obviously uh, handle uh, both, but that you have a right to ask your estate agent for a certificate. So I wanted to ask, I, as somebody who's brought property, I've never asked for this. Can I tell you the truth? I've never asked for it. Uh, how do I know it's legit? Why should I ask for an estate agent to, to show me a certificate that they um, have gone through your intense process and are legit? 
Okay, thank you, Lerato, and thank you, uh, you know, for asking that question. It is a very important question. A lot of people venture into property and they don't ask the most critical, important questions. As we all know that property is the single most important available asset that anyone can actually own. So the first thing that you actually do if someone introduces themselves as an estate agent is to ask, are you registered with the Estate Agency Affairs Board? Mm. What is your license number? Or please produce your Fidelity Fund Certificate. A Fidelity Fund Certificate is a certificate that we actually issue to estate agents to actually ensure that they're actually registered. And these certificates are actually issued annually. So estate agents receive one certificate annually. So each and every year, estate agents should receive a certificate. And the registration certificate should have like a 2017 number, for example. So for next year, we are moving into 2018. So that registration certificate or license number should have a 2018 certificate. So you would then ask the estate agent, are you registered? And then the individual will say, yes, please produce your license number. And then to verify that details, you can actually go onto our website, which is www.ewab.org.za. If you've got their full names, you can actually log in and check that they're registered. And of course, online without having to call you guys. You, uh, you know, that's another option which okay. I was about to give yeah. you. So you can actually go online and then verify their details. For example, if the individual is Nosipo Longwe, you'd put in their details online and with the details of the firm, you know, that they're working for or the agency that they're actually working for, yeah. then it will actually give you the details. If Nosipo Longwe is actually registered under, you know, Riley Properties, then you are actually have this comfort that this person that you're dealing with you is actually does have the, have the expert advice yes. that relates, you know, to the property transaction. You don't want to be dealing with a bogus, you know, estate agent because there's money transfers that are actually involved in the entire process. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to uh, ask, is Nosipo Longwe somebody you've made up while they're real? Yes, it is. It's a pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, if she does exist, she's going to be like, hey. <laughs> and I know that the contact number for finding out the, for the Fidelity uh, Fund certificate uh, is 087 Okay, that is actually is that our, the one. Yes, that is actually our call center the number. The call center to check yeah, for that. Where if you don't have, you know, internet services in terms of our website, you can actually phone our contacts, um, uh, a call center number to verify if that individual is actually registered with us, and they'll actually give you the, you know, the details if that person is actually issued with a current Fidelity Fund certificate. You know, so. So I want to ask the first thing. Why is it issued annually? Why don't you get one like a driver's license for a year? I mean, for five years or whatever. Why do you constantly have to renew it? Okay. Remember, this is a regulatory framework. This is not necessarily a uh, road traffic regulations. We constantly need to ensure that this person has the required standard of training, you know, mm. because over time, the number of changes are actually, ha- are actually happening in the property industry in terms of development. If we need to introduce any, um, you know, professional designation, exams and information, those people need to be fully equipped to rise up to the challenges of the property industry. Yes. So as such, you constantly need to monitor them. Because if, for example, someone is buying a five million, you know, rents property and the estate agent, agent actually messes up the deal, who do you report to? And if we don't have control by monitoring f- for the individuals to come back and register with us, then it also creates a, a problem. And another reason for that is for us for, 
the other monitoring parties for us to ensure that estate agents are not misappropriating trust funds. Okay. So annually they submit their annual returns to us and we actually check that they're not misappropriating or stealing monies from clients. So you cannot monitor that if they're renewing, you know, in five years time. So you need to do it annually. So I wanted to ask you, it's awkward to say to somebody, they say, oh, I'm an estate agent. And you're like, yeah, okay, no see for long way. Please, can I see your certificate? Because people are thinking, well, if she says she is, then she is. Um, when, how early in the process do I ask uh, as somebody who's, a, uh, uh, who's about to rent a property or buy a property? When do I, how early in the process do I say, hey, sorry, can I get your certificate? Or are they automatically meant to send it to me so I don't have to go through the awkward thing of singing like I don't trust them? How do you navigate that kind of situation? I think it's because we have not been out there generally as the estate agency affairs board. However, if an estate agent is dealing with you, is referred by any other person, immediately they're supposed to, you know, produce the certificate to you. Alternatively, you can ask. There's nothing awkward about it, as I've indicated. This is the single most important transaction that you'll be, you know, dealing with. And there are further, far more legal implications just in case if the deal doesn't, you know, go, you know, well for you. So as such, I don't think, you know, consumers, it's, I mean, it's, you know, taking it back to the Consumer Protection Act, it is quite important that you actually find out who you're dealing with, you know, because you could be dealing with, you know, a person who's pretending to be an estate agent. So initially, when you want to rent out your property, if you want to buy property, ask that person, are you actually registered, you know? And if you still don't trust them, call us or go onto our website to find out more information. I think I think that is at the heart of this, is yeah. that uh, the, the whole reason that I wanted to do the show is because uh, people are constantly being told to buy property and it's, it's such an empowering thing for you, but it's also an incredibly intimidating thing for people to do because you see th- that forty stack of papers and you think, oh my gosh, 30 years of my life spent uh, uh, paying for this. And I think people just feel like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. But um, people like you are, are, here to min- to, uh, are here to make people's lives much easier. For somebody who's listening for the first time, what does the Estate Agency uh, Affairs Board do? I mean, if I were to think, what do you do? You know, you're the uh, customer relations manager, but what, what do... What does the EAAB do? Okay. Our faces firstly indicate that we contribute to the GDP. Okay. So we have a very important role to play. So the first thing that we do, we issue certificates to estate agents to ensure that they're actually compliant with us. We set educational requirements, you know, for estate agents because they need to be professionally, you know, and academically equipped to deal with property transactions. Thirdly, we also have a fidelity fund, a fidelity fund where if uh, an estate agent has misappropriated or stolen trust monies from a client, the client can actually claim from the fund from those, you know, stolen or misappropriated funds. And we also conduct inspections. Oh, so if, for instance, I didn't ask for the certificate and the person's not legit, I'm not eligible to, um, Claim back should there have been a misappropriation of the funds. Okay, at this uh, is that the know, case? At this point in time, whether or not the the person does have a fidelity fund certificate, you can actually you know claim. But uh. we are changing our legislation. But of course, you'll have to prove you know certain facts or circumstances. Right. There must be you know an offer to purchase. There must be uh, a, you know a deposit where that you know money was actually 
place into that, you know, fraudulent estate agent. So we'd need certain information before we can actually pay out the claim. And yeah. you'll also need to report the matter to the SAPS as well. So there are a number of requirements in terms of our act that you'll have to prove before the claim is actually paid. Uh, I yeah. see. I see. Sorry, I interrupted you. You were mentioning the fourth point. You had m- mentioned that there needed to be an, uh, 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 an offer to purchase, that you needed to have a deposit that shows that you put money into that estate agent. And obviously you mentioned, um, so I was just trying to get through your points and then I cut you. So as there was a fourth one that you were going to mention. Those would be generally the preliminary ones okay. when, uh, you know, depending whether it's a sale or a lease, okay. you know, and depending in some, in certain instances, other people don't deal with, you know, residential properties. They're dealing with, you know, other sort of commercial, commercial, you know, yeah. uh, buildings. So those type of agreements, that's what, that's what we'll require from mm-hmm. the claimant to say, okay, fine, give us this information. Who was this person? Who did you pay the account into? And this person, did this person purport to be an estate agent, you know, mm. because there's always a difference between a developer and an estate agent. People have the confusion between the two. You know, estate agents sell properties on behalf of someone else. Developers actually own the property, they develop it, and then they give the instructions to estate agents to sell, to market on their behalf. So there will be certain preliminary questions that we'll ask just for us to make sure that this person is actually not an is actually an estate agent. And not a, and not not a, dev- a, developer. a developer. So, yeah, Yes, there'll be you know the quite you know a few stringent requirements that we'll have to you know check before we actually pay out the claim. Ah, yes. You see, I didn't even know all of that. I didn't even know that yeah. I could I could claim should something happen at the beginning of buying a, a, a property. So there's a guideline that you set, send out, and one of the first things you say a person must do is find out if the estate agent is registered. <laughs> that Correct. is the first thing that mm-hmm. you say the, 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 a person must find out. So what, what, if, why is that important? Okay. Maybe let's, let's, let's start there. Um, cause I think you've, you've answered in terms of why they need a certificate to prove that they do what they do. Mm-hmm. But e-registration, e- I think for me, for a lot of people, if they produce something from a certificate from 2015 and they say, no, but I'm still registered now. Uh, how can I prove that they, you know, and I think this is designed for me as the customer, which is why I'm sort of being elementary with my questions. But I, I would assume that if somebody says, no, uh-uh, it's not annual. Where do you, did you hear it on Cliff Central? No, 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 no. You can still operate, uh, as an estate agent from 2015's, uh, registration. Is that the case? Do you know what? In most instances, it's usually bogus estate agents who would say that to you, uh. that any, you know, properly regulated estate agent would not do that because annually you're supposed to renew your certificate and another thing is that you could be dealing with an intern for example (laughs) someone who's not properly qualified and uh, this is a 10 million rent deal and if it goes wrong who do you go and complain to? So you'd rather do the preliminary checks, you know, with us and make sure is this person purporting to be this person that he says he is? Mm. Is he a principal estate agent? Is he an intern? Is he yeah, a full status estate agent? That is the type of information that will provide you, you know, general advice because you'll say to us, do you know what? I'm intending to buy this, you know, 
this building and I just want to make sure if this person is actually a principal estate agent because there are a lot of implications should the deal go wrong and then be able to provide you and guide you but if you just you know accept what the person is saying without verifying the information there's a higher risk that you you may face at the end of the day if you're wondering who t- who's talking right now we're talking to Ms. Togozana by the way do you have a lot of people who say Togozana that's a boy's name I get that all the time. <laughs> I start r- rolling my eyes. Don't worry, at the office they call me TK. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I'm a Lerato speaks this Zulu, and every time people say to me, "How come?" So I was yeah. looking at it, and I noticed that your signature says signature says Miss. I had to. You had to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause cause like, can I speak to Mister Chogos? <laughs> I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. Uh, is the customer relations manager at the E uh, A A uh, B. So, um, by the way, you can get this podcast. We are live and direct from Clip Central, but you can download this podcast soon. As soon as at one o'clock we're out of here, you can download it on clipcentral.com. Don't forget to go and visit our Facebook page, Living It Up with me, Lerato Shabalala, where you can get previous podcasts, see pictures of us in the studio, uh, including, uh, Tokazane right, uh, now. And I just want to remind you once again that this podcast is brought to you by Rally Mampewule Properties. You can go to Rally, uh, mampewule.c for more info. In fact, I need to get Riley here into the studio so he can teach us one more time before we close off for the year why you don't need money to make money in property. I wanted to ask about the difference between uh, renting when you are approaching a, an estate agent for rental purposes and for buying purposes. Are the rules the same or are there certain things that tenants must look out for that are different to the things that an owner must, must look for, a buyer, excuse me? Okay. With rentals, the most important thing is you have to look at the duration of the lease agreement. Okay. You know? and, and if I remember correctly, after reading your um, uh, documents, it can't be longer than 24 months unless it is stipulated in some way. There's an agreement between you and the landlord that it's longer than 24 months. That is correct. Okay. So ideally, you know, most people, you know, they're quick to say, I need, you know, property to stay. And they just sign the agreement without che- checking the, you know, the length mm. of that agreement. And when it comes... Let's say, for example, you are renovating another house and, you know, you just want a lease for that period in time. Mm. Because you're in this stage, you just sign. And when there's a problem now, you want to cancel the lease, the, you know, the landlord says there are penalty fees that you must pay. You know, or the estate agent who was involved in the transaction. Which happens a lot to people. I've heard a lot of people that have to pay penalties. Correct. Hence, in most instances, before you sign the lease agreement, you need to check the duration of the agreement. You need to check the clauses. For example, if there's breach of contract, you know, if I'm unable to pay the rental, for example, what are the implications? For example, if that damage is in the lease property, what are my rights as a tenant, you know, towards the, you know, the lessor? Because remember mm. that the agreement is between the lessee and the lessor, mm. meaning the, the, the owner and yourself. Mm. The agreement is never between you and the estate agent. Mm. The estate agent is merely the middleman. So sometimes there is usually confusion when there's damages in the property where, you know, the tenant says you must fix this. So you must understand those obligations in terms of the lease agreement. Mm. And once you are happy with those conditions, as well as the escalation for, for the rental, okay. you know, in certain instances, the escalation may be 10%. 
in other instances it may it may be it may be more because remember it's not regulated anywhere so those are the, some of the critical important aspects so uh, just drop it down for me when you say the escalation for the rental what do you mean in layman terms layman terms okay i mean annually let's say it's a 24 months contract annually the you know the landlord may say after 12, 12 months the uh, the rent will increase by 10% you know you need to check that into the agreement and if you are not happy with that you can negotiate or inform the estate agent saying to say do you know what i will not be able to after 12 months to be able to uh you know afford this you know 10% is actually too much for me. Why don't we increase it by 5%? But most people don't look at the finite details of the agreement. I can tell you now that as somebody who has rented before, and got low, loads of friends who rent, I have never looked at that bit. Yeah. I have never thought how much... You you, you think about it in, in other instances, like when you get... Um, there are instances where it's easy to see how... Like when you get a policy. Let me make an example with a policy. You know that, okay, there's a 5% increase over X amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you most people are, are really not looking for... For the escalation period, they just think, "Oh, I got a, ha- I got a, I got a place to stay now." Yeah. Mm, and so, uh, once you've signed, there's obviously nothing you can do, which is why it's important for you to be able to change. Yes. That before you sign. This is the reason why you have the estate agent to negotiate on your behalf, okay. to provide you with that expert advice, to ask the questions. Even if you sound nagging, it's important because at the end of the day, when you get sued. You know, by the landlord for the outstanding rental, it's not going to be nice. Mm. So you're not you're nagging the estate agent to their job, it's their function. Yeah, to to, ex- to, to, to assist you. Yeah, yeah to yeah. explain. You know, also to also to find out because most people don't even know who's the owner of this property. You know, say for because ex- in most instances the deposit is actually paid some to the to the estate agent. In certain instances, the landlord will say, "I w- I would rather keep the deposit into my account." You know, it's it's allowed, and you find the landlord disappearing. Now you need you need your deposit back. The you know, the lease has expired, and you don't even know this person that you're dealing with. The lease agreement does not even have the full details of the landlord. Now, if you have to sue that person without proper details, where do you start? What kind of details need to be? I mean, like, is, is it their phone number and their name? Like, what further details do you need for the, the owner of the property that you're renting? Usually, it will be their full names, okay. their ID number, their address, and of course, their telephone number and address. You know, and if you've got if you've got the postal and the physical address, that is also important, because in most instances the lease agreement is like almost like a two-page. It only has, says, for example, the tenant being Lerato Shabalala, the owner being I don't know Sipo Gumete. That's the only thing. No, no further details, just in case if there are problems. You know, mm. we're all excited to move to a new place, but we don't check the finer details. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this is really interesting for people who are renting. And we'll go back more into uh, uh, that kind of mechanic for people who are renting. And then if you are a buyer, how do you assist buyers or uh, homeowners, whether they're first time or not, is the EAAB? For us... um we actually report to the Department of Human Settlements okay. uh, as the estate agency affairs board because we are we are a government entity. 
So for, you know, for, for the low income, you know, earners, there's a FLIPS program, for example, where people who cannot afford, you know, um, property at a certain level, where they're usually government subsidies, where the government actually comes in to assist those individuals who don't meet a certain requirement or amount of money. Mm. But that information, obviously, you, when, when you contact the estate agent, you then inform us that, to indicate that I'm interested in this property, what you know, flips programs do you have so that I can actually qualify for a property and I can actually get into the stream of participating in the property industry mm. because as a regulatory regulatory body, we're also trying to get a lot of, you know, previously disadvantaged individuals to get into the stream of, you know, the property industry where previously they were not there. And also for people who previously got RDP houses, you know, as they previously called them, yes. to understand the value of that property to say, if for example, after that eight year period, if they want to sell so that is what I was going to get yes. to because somebody said to me about two weeks ago, please can you answer on your show whether people are allowed to sell RDP properties? And I was like, well, I don't think so, but let me check because it's a government. So thank you for bringing this up so that I can answer it with authority. Yes. <laughs> So what usually happens is that all those government properties that are given by the government, by the Department of Human Settlements, you, after eight years, you may, you know, allowed, you're actually allowed to sell the property. But what we're trying to do with the Department of Human Settlements to say, people must know the value of their property before they sell. Because what you find is that properties are actually undervalued in the townships. People are selling properties for 10,000 rents. I'm making an example, mm, mm, mm. you know, where the property is worth, let's just say, for 300 or 200,000. They don't know the value of the property and they sell the property <laughs> using, me. you know, they just complete, they just complete an affidavit to say, you know, I, Lerato, you know, Shabalala is, is selling my property to, you know, Sipo next door. Whereas they don't know that that property needs to go through a transfer process process you know from one party to the other mm. and also that uh, you also need to involve an estate agent in your area because there are you know estate agents in, in in the townships as well who can value the property and say now the property is valued at 300,000 this is the value of the property most properties which are sold in those areas are undervalued and are so, so for less. So after eight years, you are allowed to sell the property. So within that eight years, am I allowed to rent it to other people? Yes, you may. You okay. may rent it, yes. Okay. Yeah. So why eight years? Is there a reason why I need to be in an RDP house for eight years before I can sell it? And is it binding? Is it is it like I have to sign before that I can't sell it? Why the eight years? When the, when the property is actually um, handed over to or you know given to the individual, there are obviously conditions that are provided. Remember, this is a property that has been given to you, and mm. in order for the government to regulate uh, the supply and demand of property, because there's a huge number of requests for properties. Now, if we are going to say in three years' time you're going to resell, those people are going to be back on the list. So you need to manage that process as well. It's also ah. for planning purposes to say, for example, in Gauteng, if the the Department of Human Settlement is planning to build certain properties, do we have enough land? Okay. You know? Do you, do you have hmm, enough the budget? land issue? Yeah, <laughs> we won't go into the land uh, <laughs> no, issue. <laughs> I'm yes. talking to the customer relations manager at the EAAV, Ms. Togazani Kumar. 
Hashtag bring back her land. No, I'm joking. Uh, uh, you, th- there's so much more information. There's so many other things that we uh, need to talk about. But if you're thinking whether you have questions about RDB houses of or what kind of information you need from an estate agent, remember you can go to www.eaab. Dot org dot za or call them on 87 to get any kind of information that you need. Like I said, because I'm not going to go into the bring back our land and land issues. So I, 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 I have different touch points that I want to get into. Part of your mandate um, as an organization is training. And I know I've interviewed several people over the past couple of months on the show who were housewives who then became uh, estate agents and then business owners. Some people have great stories. I wanted to ask you, what kind of qualifications do you need um, to be able to be an estate agent and then to qualify also for the other programs, the training programs that you have that people can get into? Because what I'm, I'm very wary of, of doing is um, um, only talking about buyers and because there are people who are listening to this who want to be estate agents who possibly want to change their careers and you could be very helpful in helping them understand what kind of training um, they need and remember you can download this podcast even though we're live and direct from Cliff Central you can um Download at cliffcentral.com and listen to it anytime, anywhere. Like I usually say, whether you're in Lagos or New York, you can still download us or go to Riley Mampawile, uh, uh, dash, excuse me, Riley dash Mampawile properties and, uh, you'll, 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 you'll learn more about the man, us, what we do. But yes, uh, okay. my question is about training and, uh, being an estate agent. Okay. Thank you for that question. Quite a very important question. Yeah, because I think, you know, I was, I was, when I was looking through the things that you do, I think it's critical for people. It's not a job. People don't go to school and think, I want to be an estate agent. I don't remember being in class one time and somebody saying they want to be an estate agent, but it's a, it can be an incredibly lucrative. I mean, Riley, who sponsors the show, um, started off working for Chess Everett. Yeah. Um, and he went from being an estate agent to now, uh, a multi-millionaire. Yeah, I know he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> believe me, we all want to see his account. <laughs> Not maybe see it, but have it, you know. <laughs> Couple of have zeros. Those zeros. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly, girl, you are with me. Yeah. So maybe let's talk about what you, what, what minimum qualifications you need and how you can help as an organization. Okay. The first thing is that, you know, as a state agency affairs board, we want to make it a profession of choice. Previously, people who decided, you know, they were housewives, they decided, mm. I'm going to be- become an estate agent, you know. So now we're trying to professionalize it to make it an industry that is, is you know, people are, are deciding because of a choice, not because it's like a last resort. Yeah, I need extra money and yeah. I, I don't know what else to do, so I'm going to do this. Exactly. Previously, it was that, you know, people were retired, you know, people who were not too sure what they wanted to do in life. They decided, you know what? Let me become an estate agent. So we, you know, slowly changing that. Yeah. It's a profession of choice. Yeah. Meaning that now in terms of the, you know, educational requirements, we require individuals to undergo training for 12 months. You don't necessarily need to have a metric certificate, but if you do have, it's okay. 
You go train. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, even if you don't have a matric certificate, but remember that there will be certain exams that you need to write. No, of course, so no, you're not of off course. The hook yet. No, no, no. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think it's quite essential historically, mm-hmm. um, a country like ours where, um, uh, people did not have money. And in, in fact, let's be, let, let me be direct. Well, black people were not, black people were excluded from the economy and they're not giving proper education, uh, whether those people are our mother's generation or our generation. And so what I like about that is that it doesn't discount poverty. I think it's very, very dangerous for countries not to look at an entire society in its totality. And the fact that there's somebody who's listening to this, who may be proficient in English, who reads, who went up uh, until, sorry, I'm that old, standard eight, but <laughs> grade the, what is it? 10. Grade 10. So there we go. Uh, <laughs> still has a chance. And Correct. we need to, to, to give people the under, the feeling that they still have a chance. So while it's not a requirement, you will go through uh, rigorous tests, yeah, yes. as you say. Yes. So that individual we have to, you know, it's let's just say uh, it's an individual with a grade 11, making an example, yeah. say, do you know what? I'm actually interested in the property industry. What is it that, that I actually need to do? Mm. The person will obviously, um, you know, find an estate agency that they need to work under for training for 12 months. From that training, they then write their exams and they then submit a logbook because we actually need to view and actually see what they were actually doing in that 12 months. Hopefully they were not serving tea, but they were actually going through the contracts <laughs> and actually understanding the, you know, the property industry so that one day when they're fully fleshed, you know, estate agents are able to provide that advice. And one day they become like, you know, yeah. our current sponsor, you know, one day. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly, exactly. With the, Zero 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 zeros. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. So generally it will be that. And what, you know, the state agency affairs board with the Department of Human Settlement has done is that they've introduced a one learner, mm-hmm. one estate agency youth program where from previously disadvantaged individuals they actually place uh, with, you know, estate agencies. So one estate agency would take, you know, a previously disadvantaged individual mm. to train them for that 12 months and there would be a stipend for that person because we obviously understand the issues relating to transport costs and other things during that, you know, period of your training. Mm. So in, in addition to, to say, okay, these other ordinary individuals want to join in the industry, we've also said, okay, fine, for previously disadvantaged Individuals will also introduce a one learner, one youth estate agency program mm. where they're actually placed under a principal estate agent who's been, you know, experienced enough in the industry to show them the ropes and assist them. And a certain stipend is actually paid to them so that in the 12 months, they're actually not frustrated and say, you know, this is not for me, mm. you know, because you need a lot of patience. You must understand that a lot of, you know, estate agents are, agents are actually paid through commission. So it's not, a, it's not as easy. As people look at it, but once we're actually in it, and remember that once you're in your 12 months internship, there are different roles that you, you may play. Other estate agents are actually managing agents that actually manage complex, you know, where you don't necessarily pay necessarily on a commission, yeah. but you paid administration fees. So if you're man- managing over 200, let's say 14 units, that's a lot of money. Other estate agents might venture into, um, 
in selling properties. Yeah. You know, others might venture into. So, so it just all depends yeah, on. Yeah, it, it, it just depends. On but, the but what we've actually done is that in order for us to increase, especially the number of previously disadvantaged individuals, is to have a youth program for previously disadvantaged. Because if you look at the numbers of estate agents that we have, you know, it's, the it's, color is just yes. Too. So I know that transformation is one of your mandates. Correct. So yes. I wanted to ask. I wanted to go back to something that you said uh, previously. You say you um, not only is it twelve months, but then you get to, to sort of shadow at a uh, an existing uh, estate agency. Do you help that person get that learnership, as it were, or do they have to go and find? Uh, I don't want to name drum, but if I want to go to Pam Golding, would I have to do it, or do you guys? assist in pairing up the right individual during that training with the the an estate agent that fits them okay of course we we you know especially with the previously disadvantaged in the one learner youth estate agency mm. we have to pair up based on your area you know and oh okay. yeah so that it's also easy for the individual so that they don't get frustrated yeah because you're not going from somewhere to the center and having to wake up at the crack of dawn exactly yeah. and also we need to also assess that individual or principal estate agent in soweto is that estate agent you know uh, successful in their sales you know will they be providing uh, you know enough support to that individual are they experienced enough and are they also busy there's no point for us to pay someone uh, with an estate agent that is actually selling one property a year mm. so there are a number of factors that we actually look at okay yeah and say okay fine this person is actually better placed in this area because this estate agent has a number of deals that they've con- concluded you know during the year they also deal with leases they deal with you know these different types of you know uh, commercial contracts it will definitely help the intent ah so, yeah. i see okay i'm glad i asked that because i mean there's no way i would have yeah. i would have known that now also in south africa uh youth goes up until 34 <laughs> we thank miss we thank peter mukaba for that <laughs> may his soul rest in peace um so what is the cutoff for the one learner one estate agent um program when you say it's for youth like what what are the age restrictions like you know, because I think sometimes we need to be very careful because people never know how far. Or it, I think you're quite extends. correct. We've limited, I think, up until 34 okay. as well, okay. based on the current standards that yes, yes, yes. Like, provided in the country. Like I say, I so. made it onto the Mandela Washington <laughs> Fellowship and found myself <laughs> overseas because I just made it. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> so for some of us who well, 35 is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, no, lo- I'm no longer there. I'm very long in the tooth. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, you are listening to me, Lerato Shavala, on cliffcentral.com. Uh, this is Living It Up. We are on. This is our new time slot from 12 until uh, 1 every Thursday. But worry not. You don't have to be chained to your desk uh, or your office. You can uh, move around because you can download us as soon as we're done at 1 o'clock. You will be able to download us just go to cliffcentral.com to get this podcast i am today talking to the eaab's uh customer relations manager miss yes miss togozani <laughs> uh kumala remember that uh the show is sponsored by rally mampewule uh, properties you can go to rally-mampewule.co.za for more information and now before we close we get to the last and the most prickly part of estate agents commission I read somewhere in your documents that said you shouldn't be coerced 
into agreeing on something. How do you handle that as a customer when you know that they need the commission? So they want you to buy the house. I mean, I have, I have, uh, experienced when my, when my best friend, uh, Jill was buying property, she said to me, I think you should go because this guy keeps telling me to buy. And I was like, this is not right. This is not right. I'm very exacting. You know, I have no problems with saying, no, this doesn't suit me. How do, do, how do us as customers tap into that? Okay. I think or how do you how do you advise us as a board to to handle things like that? Okay, I will just give a general I think statement when it comes to that. Okay, because you know commission is actually not regulated uh, in terms of our act, and the minister has not set any tariffs with regard to commission. So that's why there's an open-ended uh, provision when it comes to commission mm. where certain estate agents will charge you 5%, others 2%, others 8%, others 10%, for example. Mm. So it is important that you actually negotiate. Don't worry if someone is actually pestering you around. Mm. It is your, you know... Right, as a consumer, she said, you know what, I'm not happy with this 5% because it's not regulated. The person cannot say, this is what we're charging. You know, mm. it's your obligation as a, a consumer to say, but the tariffs are actually not regulated. Even the Department of Human Settlements, being the minister, has not set the tariffs. So this 8% that you, you know, are living to, you know, this agreement, it's, I, I don't agree with it. I would rather go with five. And mm. if you, you are to negotiate with the state agents, they'll definitely go down. Cause remember that, that 8% of 5% does go into the entire transaction of your property deal. Mm. And you are going to pay for it. Mm. You, you might not see it now, but you are going to pay for it long term. Mm. So it is important. I know estate agents will say, you know what? The buyer wants to cancel. There's another buyer. No, hang on. You know, remember that this is, uh, an agreement where you make counter offers. Yes. It does this is not some you know, sole agreement where dictatorship where someone says, This is it. Yeah, you're it. not buying a shirt from Zara. Thank you. <laughs> it's not a flat price. Thank you. And, and I'm sure if you, you were to discuss certain issues at Zara, they will also provide <laughs> exactly. discounts. Exactly. I've done it, you know, once or twice. Yeah. But I'm just saying that this is not some some form of unilateral agreement mm. where a person imposes you know, a certain fee. And remember that they are never part of the agreement. The agreement is between you and the seller. Mm. So if you remember that usually it's the seller that actually pays the commission. Mm. But if you see that this commission is actually 8% and you're not happy with it, because at the end of the day, it affects the total sell price of the property. Yes. You have a right to say, no, 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 I'm not in agreement. I am happy to buy the property, but this is the issue that I need us to discuss. And it's, this tariff is actually not regulated and it's negotiable. That is something so good to know. Thank you so much. That was Ms. Togo Zane Kumalo, the Customer Relations Manager at the EAAB, which is the State Agency Affairs Board. Uh, they are a regulatory board for all uh, uh, estate agents in South Africa. You can go to www.eaab, sorry, she, she corrected me, sorry, www.eaab.org.za to find out more information about everything we spoke about today, or you can give them a ring from, for any other questions as Zero eight seven two eight five three triple two. Um, and if people wanted to get a hold of you directly, 
uh, or is there an email address? Not okay. yours. All right. There's another email address. Okay. A general email address that okay. we use for general queries, which okay. is eab at eab.org.za. I know it's a tongue twister again. Okay. I'll repeat. Yes. Eab at eab.org.za. Okay. This is where you send all your general queries, you know, regarding any related issue that relates to us, then we'll be able to assist. Fantastic. You can download this podcast as soon as we're done on cliffcentral.com uh, please don't forget to go to our Facebook page and interact with us tell us what you thought of the show it's living it up with me Lerato Shabala live and direct every single Thursday from 12 until 1 starting this weekend do not forget the man who said you don't need money to make money in property is the man who sponsors this show the one and only Rali Mambewule uh, you can we actually me and him did a, uh, an interview with Gareth Cliff which you can uh, download as well and uh, yeah guys you'll ca- I'll catch you next week and what I will tell you though what I will t- I'm going to tell you this before I go because I got to go I got three minutes well two before Palisa kills me um, is that next year I'm going to like switch things up for you guys, ne? So look, look, look forward to some things. But for now, we're still talking, talking property. I will see you next week. Thank you for a wonderful time and thank you for coming through and helping us. So you may have a good day. Thank you so much for the opportunity as well. And also, you know, it's also good for us to publicize, you know, ourselves so that people know we're out there to help them. Yes. Because we're actually here for the public interest. Catch you next week, guys, when we buy back the property. Buy back, buy back the hood. Property, 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 property. Nigga, I'm trying to invest. Money in by the neighborhood. That's how you rinse it. I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. It's time to buy back the block. Buy back the block. It's time to buy back the block. Buy back the block, buy back the hood, I'm about to buy back the hood, buy back the hood. This is CliffCentral.com.